Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Southampton have been beaten 2-1 on the night, 3-1 on aggregate as Newcastle United head to Wembley at the end of February, the 26th, I think it is. I don't know. We'll check that out in advance. Fucking get in. What a night. What a win. Newcastle United have done it. I'm joined by Charlotte Robson, Ben Wade, Simon Campbell to talk through tonight how it feels, how it went, and what happens next. Come and join us on Patreon from 3 to £8 pounds a month. The journey, the build-up, it's all going to be on there as we're head, Newcastle United head to Wembley to face probably Manchester United in the League Cup final. The first chance of domestic silverware since 1955. That's a really fucking long time. Charlotte, in the ground tonight, you were there. How does it feel? Absolutely class. Like, I actually feel really exhausted because I felt I felt quite tightly wound in that second half, which I'm sure we'll get into even though we had a two-goal lead, again, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, just so happy, so happy for this group of players, this group of managing staff, this group of fans who have watched us be so shite for so long and then good. And then to get to a final, I just I just feel I'm so happy and I'm so... Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, uh, great time to do a podcast because I... Um, I am struggling with um, words, but uh, I just I just feel good. I feel good and happy. Ben Wade, same question, mate. You were never worried, were you? Never. Um, Southampton aren't a good team. They're they're a shocking team, really. And uh, we've we've probably over the two legs let them off the hook a bit. The fact that I mean, you, you could say they were in the game, but I don't really think they ever were. They, they have a big chance in the second half that they 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 miss, but the goal is a bit of a wonder strike comes from nowhere. Um, other than those two kind of moments, they offered absolutely nothing really, um, <clears throat> and I'm just I'm just buzzing that it was like as comfortable as it was. Obviously, we had a little bit of nervousness at the end when Bruno goes off, but um, we, we couldn't have managed that situation, the occasion, like any better effort for a, a group of players. A lot of them have never played in kind of <clears throat> a match or kind of situation as, as big as that um, to, to kind of handle it and um, kind of come through pretty much dominating the, the game and kind of winning it as comfortably as we did, I think is um, a massive credit to to everybody involved to have got kind of got themselves prepared and got up for that. So, yeah, I'm just absolutely delighted that we've done it. Um, and I cannot wait to get to Wembley and whoever we play, whether it's Forest or Man U, give them a good hiding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, one of the best nights ever for you? Um, yeah. <clears throat> 
Weirdly, like, voice. Lots, I know, yeah, I've got zero voice left. I'll, I'll keep it short. Um, lots of people I've spoken to throughout the day, from this morning at work to pre-match to even half-time, have used the word nervous. At no point today did I feel nervous. Like, we, we got a two-goal lead. Yes, they pegged one back, but they then needed to score three more to knock us out of this competition. And, like, that was never, ever going to happen. So from the second half on, I was just enjoying it. I was just enjoying the fact that we were seeing out this cup tie. So, yeah, absolutely class. Um I thought the first half was just incredible, just so good. Uh, Longstaff, who I've backed every week on this podcast, <laughs> on many a patron podcast, came up trumps, two goals, should have scored four. And uh, yeah, just just what a night, yeah. Re- really incredible. And it's so good to see a Newcastle United crowd just for a cup game that was equivalent to like a, a, a six-pointer in the league. Like That's what it felt like in the same night. Unreal, unreal. Yeah, unreal's the right word. And it like... There were there were parts of that game that were problematic, and we'll talk about a little more about the game more in the second half of the show. But just the atmosphere tonight pre-game was unbelievable. I didn't think they'd be able to top, or we would be able to top Leicester, but we did. And the atmosphere at the end there, kind of the, the, the red card, which we'll talk about, is obviously a fucking disaster for lots of reasons. Mostly that Bruno doesn't play for us for the next three games, but it really, really galvanised the crowd. And that 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 injury time, that you know, forever injury time, the referee was desperate to make a game of it. The atmosphere was just absolutely unbelievable. You had players gene up the crowd. You had the crowd gene up the players. It was just, it was just sensational. I don't, I don't really have the words, but I have to find some because of podcast. <laughs> it was just that good. If you weren't in the ground tonight, the last ten minutes in particular, and, and the scenes at full time are just absolutely outrageous. And this is the culmination of so much hard work uh, from everyone, from players, from staff, from fans, from Eddie Howe, from owners. It's just absolutely insane the journey that we've been on to get here and now be in the final of the League Cup within a month. It's less than a month's time. I can't get over that. It's going to come round so quick. Uh, it's it's just an incredible achievement, and, and the lads have done so well. That tie was never really alive. You know, Newcastle batted Southampton last week. Southampton had more of the game this week, but Newcastle have gone through clearly three one in aggregate, and it was just it was just one of the great nights in James's Park. It's it's this is the kind of I was in a Ben walking to to this office. Sean Longstaff pulling out the bag tonight. Two big goals, two well taken goals. On this occasion, is the stuff dreams are made of. It's the stuff that he will reflect on when he looks back at his career. He delivered when it mattered. The team delivered when it mattered. Eddie Howard said post game that he can't pick out any individuals because they were so good. It's just one of the great nights of being a Castle United supporter. Someone else say something, please. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. It's like um, it's like watching Dan Byrne. You know, it's like these homegrown, you know, these, these not just homegrown, but local lads who have grown up watching Newcastle United, supporting Newcastle United, and then Adam Armstrong probably also, in, in, <laughs> in the, <laughs> watching them win. Um but just it's it makes I don't know it's it's that it's that romance isn't it it's that fairy tale stuff that makes it that Dan Byrne goal was the last fixture the not the last Southampton one but you know it was a last home fixture and and these are these two goals which have which made this a comfortable win size right like the logic the logical brain says how are they pulling this back but I just I couldn't trust it um until that final whistle after what seemed like 700 years of extra time was added um i totally agree with you though i'm just so i'm buzzing for sean longstaff it's been he's he's had an up and down sigh again is correct he's been he's been like team sean this whole time but 
I, I mean, Ben and I, I just sent Ben a song over WhatsApp and the last message I sent him was like, Longstaff's killing us here from another <laughs> game. <laughs> so, so I haven't been his biggest fan, but like tonight is what matters and you're so right and it's lush. Sorry, let's, let's talk about Wembley. How are you feeling about it? Does it seem real yet? Um, no, I suppose not because, yeah, in my lifetime, I've never been as a Newcastle supporter. Um, when we went in 1998 and 1999, I was too young to go. Uh, my dad's from Manchester, so he's my United fan, so he wasn't um, able to take me as a Newcastle supporter as a child. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge, huge deal for me. Uh, I'm absolutely, like, besotted with the idea of it. Um, but I, it's it's not just that. Like, when we went in 98, Arsenal were unbeatable and we knew we were going to lose. Man United went on to win the treble. It was a massive long shot. This doesn't feel like a long shot. This feels like we're going... If, it will be Man U, probably Man U. But you actually think, like, they haven't beaten us um, in over a year. Like, we, we, we can give them a game and we can probably beat them. And like, I just think those lads out there today showed why anyone... Nobody... Sorry, anyone. I mean, I mean the opposite of anyone. <laughs> nobody. Nobody, <laughs> nobody can beat Newcastle. And it's just, yeah, it's 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 going to be... It's going to be huge. Huge. Um, and... Yeah, I suppose you're right. I haven't quite processed it yet because we've got what, like three weeks, three weeks before that that occasion comes yeah, around. Yeah, it's it's little. It, it over. feels it feels little really over. short, and yeah, yeah, we've got to get our heads around it. And it's it's yeah, um, unbelievable. In fact, a, a few of my, a few of my friends at work were um, talking about betting ten pounds on Southampton to cover the cost of the trains that nobody's going to be able to claim back. <laughs> and I was like, that's a waste of a tenner. <laughs> and it was, it was. I didn't do it. So yeah, you must um, be so smug. <laughs> that's all I'm going to talk about the next three weeks <laughs> yeah um, absolutely class you already can't get a, a, a seat on a train or a train at all yeah. uh, basically Sunday absolutely worth it so, <laughs> Sunday, Monday in and out of King's Cross um, which is nuts so many people had booked hotels refundable hotels but the trains weren't refundable I just I, I just don't know how many hundreds of thousands of Newcastle fans from not just the northeast but around the country and the world probably We'll we'll fly in, we'll train it in, we'll bus it in, we'll drive in. You know, there's probably people taking a ferry from somewhere, I don't know where, but there probably <laughs> are. It's just going to be... Right up the Thames. Yeah, up the Thames, <laughs> yeah. It's just going to be the best weekend ever. I cannot wait for it. Newcastle, Newcastle United are fucking class. That semi-final wasn't particularly close across the two legs. You know, Southampton had a nice 25 minutes, good luck to them. Uh, and staying up this season didn't really give her too much of a scare tonight. And we had 10 men for like what seemed like an hour, but 20 minutes or so. Unbelievable. We're going to talk much more about the game in the second half of the podcast. Going to leave it there for part one. Uh, some adverts coming up if you don't want to listen to these ads. Come on, join us for just £3 on Patreon. There'll be loads more of uh, Southampton reaction as we build up to West Ham as well. Speak to you after this. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Go on then, Sai. Take it away. Sean Longstaff, the night belongs to him. He could have had four. He did get two. He played very well, as well as the goals. Why don't you tell us about, about how that makes you feel? I wasn't bad, was he? <laughs> um, that was a little Gaza impression for anyone who's uh, familiar with the, uh, the semi-final. Pa- anyway, um, yeah, uh, unreal, unreal. Um, it, I've been saying it for weeks that the lad, it'll pay off eventually. And um, he was presented with three, possibly four golden opportunities to score tonight. And he took two of them. But he was also all over the pitch, mm. as usual, doing his usual thing. Uh, my argument the whole time has been he will continue to do his usual thing and occasionally he'll score, but he's not hes not the player we should be relying on for goals, albeit tonight he scored two goals that we probably, you know, will 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 forever remember him for. But yeah, um, I just thought he was he was excellent. I thought he played like, as soon as he got that first goal, he, he had that confidence. He was making these runs and he was fetting himself in positions and he put away the second one even even more you know comfortably than the first. And yeah, um, he was kind of the epitome of that team tonight, a player playing above his standard and, and has been doing that for weeks and weeks and months and months. And that's that's a whole team there who will continue to just play out of their skin every single week. And yeah, um, Longstaff deserves tonight, he deserves to be player of the match. He deserves to be given the opportunity to try and do a Dan Byrne dance. And he also mm-hmm. deserves the right to not have to do it if he doesn't want to. <laughs> so um, you, very Sean? good. What a night for him. Yeah, what what a night for him. Like Charlotte, you touched on it earlier in the in the show. The Geordie lads have come up good. Dan mm-hmm. Byrne in the last one. Uh Sean Longstaff in this one. I mean Newcastle actually had a Nottingham Forest play tonight cheering them on on the sidelines. <laughs> That's also, you know, atypical. But that was canny, wasn't it? John <laughs> Joe came up. It's just like what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, I sang his name. I give him I give him everything I had, but it was just like what? Brought his kids out onto the yeah. pitch to, to say goodbye. <laughs> Like, ah, he's been a good servant, hasn't he? Everyone keeps saying servant for the club. The, the man on the microphone, uh, you know, at the Tannoy thing was like, he's driven all the way from Nottingham <laughs> just to see his very personal touch. It was like, he's driven just for you. I yeah. mean, he, he obviously has a house up here and he's going to need to get yeah. to his stuff. Like. <laughs> no, no, no. He came to see me, Si. <laughs> um... Yeah, I wouldn't. I wonder if there was any like uh, John Joe fancy any boots on because we're a bit short there in midfield. Um, but obviously, not to play. It's not in Forest, so yeah. you're not allowed to didn't do play, that. Didn't play for Newcastle. Didn't yeah. play for Newcastle anymore. Okay, goodbye, John Joe. Um, <laughs> hello to the League Cup final. That's what we're talking about. Let's talk about the goals, Ben. The second goal in particular, you said was one of your favourite ever goals. Absolutely loved it. Like just the the whole build up um, was incredible. I think the the, work, the link up between Willock and Joe Linton was absolute fire. Like just magic. And um, they just worked it really well. It was really direct, like bit of bit of everything. The pace, the the ball from Willick to Almiron, it's a brilliant little cutback, and and then just it, it falls to Longstaff, who's literally got like just ages to kind of mm. come on, run onto it. But it's just like time kind of slowed down for us at that moment, and there, and he just comes in just absolutely well. He's it straight, straight, pretty much straight at the keeper. But I think it flexes off her. Defender, but uh, there was just no no saving that, and um, yeah, it was just a really really well worked like t- proper team goal, and I just absolutely loved it. Um, and it was at the time, obviously, like everything was just going our way. It was like perfect moment to score, perfect timing. The atmosphere was unbelievable, as you said. I mean, the pre-game was class, and then obviously getting the early goals that we did, and and pretty much it winning the tie there and then after about what 20 minutes whatever yeah, yeah. it was just an incredible uh moment and as you say the atmosphere was just class and um yeah just as, as you say si like it, it couldn't have 
fall into a better like better lad in terms of obviously he's uh homegrown like it'll have meant so much to him i mean he, the, the, like you see when he's celebrating like he's up he's pumped like he's absolutely going nuts pretty much like all the fans were in there it's just i'm i'm buzzing for him that he's um he's he's, he's got those two goals as you say he's, he's put himself in the he castle folklore in the history and uh he will be remembered for this for for taking us back to another final and hopefully potentially on the road to offer a bit of silverware in a long long time amazing i i also think sean longstaff is a, is i mean he's he's talked about it himself he's such a confidence player he is a player who has struggled with i think some really low moments um before eddie howe came in and and with his performance and couldn't get back into it and this and then kept sort of hoying the ball right over the bar a, a, a few times now and and I, I, you can just see the change in him to to just keep going like it he hasn't he didn't um he didn't sort of fold into himself he didn't let that ruin his game he worked on it he's worked on it he Southampton allowed him loads of room he exploited it he did it last week and he did it again to a greater degree this week and I just I'm excited to see how that confidence keeps building he clearly has it and now he has two goals under his belt and and player of the match and got us to a cup final and what's that what's that going to do for him I can't wait to see final word on Longstaff I've just been watching back the uh, the, the clip of of um, the ref making a VAR decision to to send Bruno off Sean Longstaff is the first, first player in his face and I'm, I'm no lip reading expert but he definitely says oh fuck off man <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's won my heart forever for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, unbelievable I mean you know this is a player Sean Longstaff you know he deserves a lot of credit but also Eddie Howe and the coaching team Longstaff was nowhere near like, Longstaff was in no one starting 11 at the start of this season but maybe Sean Longstaff probably not even that you know, so, so you know, so talented other players around him. Um, you know, just looking there, he came in um, basically at Wolves away because Bruno got injured, and then he's not. I think he he didn't play against Bournemouth, but he's been ever present since. And the thing about Longstaff, I've said in a few podcasts recently, he plays every single minute of every single game. Mm. It is always Joe Willock who gets hooked. Doesn't matter what the score is. I mean, we're never behind, so you know, not like we're losing, <laughs> but. You know, he always hooks Willock. He always, he's just, he's clearly Eddie Howe's Mr. Reliable in the middle of the pitch. And, you know, so I don't think it should be yours too. Should be mine too. <laughs> <laughs> we need him now. <laughs> now, let's let's talk about the red card. Let's move, like, you know, Sire, sorry to keep coming back to you, but you thought it was harsh. Did uh, you I stick by it? Uh, in real time, I had no idea what happened. I generally didn't see a big foul in, in, in normal time. So we were all very perplexed at what, what at how the ref could entertain it. You just assume it's been really, really bad. What I was surprised about having seen the footage after the game was that the ref found a reason to change the yellow card into a red. It is bad. Like, he just stamped on his ankle. But he's definitely, definitely, in, in real time, if you play the not in massive, super slow motion, yeah. he's just trying to play the ball. Um, it's not like the um, Fabinho one for Liverpool the other day, which was just mental. Like, he should have been sent off immediately. And they didn't, VAR then didn't give it. This was, there was no reason to change the decision for this one. Um, if you're not changing that one on um, on Saturday, um, I just think it, it was a yellow card. Yellow card, yes. Um, he hadn't done any of the fouls in the game. The intent definitely wasn't there, and you can do that by playing the the clip in real time. Um, then again, if it happened to us, you'd probably be saying it's a red. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to find reasons not to, not to ban him. But yeah, I just think I think it's to find a reason to overturn the yellow to make it a red. It, it's 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 borderline, really borderline for me. 
he stepped on the lad's ankle, but we, we saw the other week against Fulham, the the attacker stamps on Trippier's foot and, and he got a pen. given. <laughs> and then and then he falls over that and gets a pen, yeah. yeah. So it's like, so what, like, so you can stamp, you can't stamp. I'd, the rest don't have a fucking clue and we don't have a clue. So, I'd, I'd, yeah, for me, I, I think the, the slow-mo, it's one of those where I think, I think the VAR has been used incorrectly in that. Why Why does the ref need to say it slowed down to make that decision? Like, it looks a hell of a lot worse frame by frame, yeah? But, like, if you play it in real time, he just catches him on, the like, the top of the foot, and it's it's not a... Like, the lad gets popped straight back up. Like, he's not injured by it or anything. It's not a, a dangerous tackle. There's no force in it. Like, for me, I'm, I'm sure it's got to, like, have, like, two of, of the three kind of things. Like, there's got to be intent, force, and mm. kind of recklessness, whatever. It didn't have two of those things it was okay it was a bit clumsy and obviously i'm, I'm sure it hurt the lad a little bit but he, he popped straight back up I, I just i thought it was yeah a bit bit harsh i, I could understand as, as i say if it was the other way around we'd be calling for the bloke to be shot and hung strung and quartered and god knows what else but i don't know just hung strung. yeah hung um, strung and quartered yeah <laughs> that's the old um, saying goes. yeah but uh yeah i i, I personally thought uh it shouldn't have been a red and it it just took a little bit it, it kind of that then kind of add a little bit of nerves to it. as you say side they they needed to score three to, to get through but it was just obviously not what we needed at that time was it it's um it's a real bugger because um although he, he probably i think we're, we're all pretty much agreed that he'll be back for the final even though some people were trying to tell Sai that he wouldn't be um, I was really upset. The people around me were adamant that the League Cup doesn't count as a domestic competition. I was like, it does. Of course, it does. definitely does. <laughs> the, course. La- the lad who's playing centre half for Southampton was banned on Saturday. Yeah. So yeah, it's a strange one. But some people, everyone was like heartbroken, thinking this this is going to be bad. It's bad because he's going to miss three league that's games. It. You know, that's that's, Sorry, that's yeah. that fortunately, it's only Bournemouth, Liverpool, and West Ham who are three of the worst teams shite. in the league. Yeah. So <laughs> we were. Um, I was like, I, when when we got to the office, and I was like, that is a bit of a bugger, like against those teams. And Ben was like, nah, they're shite, 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 shite. <laughs> so it's fine. It, it's, <laughs> she, it's, she talked it's, to Ben honestly. It makes me feel much better. It's an opportunity for for Max Mann or Isaac to get in the team, isn't it? And on, on the flip side, yeah. you know, we've still got three fit midfielders who are all class. Um, I think they can manage those three games. Just and then, signed one, and then Bruno comes back in for that final um, with no with no ability of Man United to scout him and see what he's up to these days. And he's going to come back in and, and blow them away. They'll so be like, "Who's this I lad? I've never seen him." This before. is written in the stars. They, they'll be so, so busy worrying about Barcelona. They've got either side of the cup that um, yeah, Bruno is just going to sneak back and say, "Oh, I forgot. Remember Bruno? He's class." So you're shit. saying this was Eddie's plan? Yeah, all along. So all, all well, part of the plan. Well, I was going to come to you, Charlotte, because you, you had touched on in previous pods that we were getting spicy. We were pushing the line. That uh, wasn't uh, spicy, though. I don't think that wasn't think our so. spicy. Very mild. Voice. That was like what was it? Lemon and lemon and <laughs> that was herbs. Yeah, chicken korma. That <laughs> yeah, that was a chicken well, korma. No, plain plain boiled rice, a plain naan, and, a, a, and bit... a glass of milk. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> you make me hungry, Ben. Can <laughs> <laughs> after this? Oh my god! Um, no, like the spicy boys are like getting in people's faces and making them ag- aggravated. That was just like yeah. a bit of a daft tackle. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you think the spicy? I just, is- I just think, I just think there's this. I just think it's been coming. Mm. We haven't had a red card, I think, since Kieran Clark. I might be wrong, but that seems correct, which is a long time ago because I fucking would fucking knows where he is these days. Not playing for us, thank God. But ultimately, 
I don't know. I feel like it was coming, and it's it's fine, and it's it's frustrating. It hasn't affected the outcome of this time. It's a good okay. time for it to happen, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but aspect. it was. It's like there was there was just so much needle. And one of the things I, I don't want to excuse them too much, but I really do feel the referee had a big part to play. You know, the amount of fouls Southampton were getting away with the midfield. Basically, our lads don't get to pass the ball or run in midfield in the opponent's half because they just get fouled. And it's like the referee essentially allowed Southampton's players to just drag our players to the ground relentlessly. And as soon as one of our players like actually tried to do a football tackle, get the ball, free, free kick, free kick, free kick. And it just it was just building up to that point. So I do take your point about unlucky. I, I think it's a red card, unfortunately. Um, you know, I hope it's overturned. I don't think it's going to get overturned. It'll not it's get just, overturned. Yeah, but, it's just yeah. it's just a massive shame. But enough of that. Let's talk positives again. Uh, I just want to also highlight, you know, probably three players tonight, and, and they're all, I mean, four players, if you'll allow me. Eleven. Yeah. Um, first of all, Ben, you called this on, on a parenting pod that we did. Joe Linton, when we went down to 10 men, Joe Linton was just like, fine, I'll be two people. Yeah. Absolutely fine. I'll play like two players. Unbelievable from him for the last kind of 10, 15 minutes there. Absolutely unbelievable in midfield. I mean, you, you say Joe Linton, but I would say Sean Longstaff was the two players. Joe Linton just had to do the same job as of one player. It was Sean. Oh, I know, like, at the end there. I mean, Joe Linton won about six fouls in about four minutes when Southampton needed the ball to be in play. Uh, that was unbelievable. Nick- he also had to be consoled and restrained when he realised that Bruno was getting sent off. He was having to be pulled back, like, as <laughs> yeah. he was going to knock out the wrestle. Lift, that was his lift home, so yeah. he's uh, worried about that. Ooh. Ooh. Nick Pope. Too soon. Nick Pope <laughs> with, with one of the, the big saves. Big, big, big yeah. save, Nick Pope. And, and he has he's a, he's a fuck all to do, realistically. You know, he was getting bollocked by the ref. You know, before he'd even time-wasted, the referee was having a gun about time-waste and so desperate was the referee to make a game of this. Uh, but that that save there, I don't think I had any chance with the goal. It was a great hit. But that save's massive. And then I just want to talk about, you know, Shaw and Trippier. You know, I thought Shaw tonight, he just he hasn't put a foot wrong. I think he, he sliced one ball out of play in the second half. Every single thing he did in the rest of the game was just perfect. The, the man is the perfect footballer. Like, he's so good at his job. I want to be good, as good at my job as he is at his, and Trippier was just leader, captain, and his work in particular for the long staff goal for the first one. It's just, mm. it's all, you don't really see assists and goals like that. It just looks so easy to him. He knows what the what the defender is going to do, and he's just like, nah, I'm going to take the ball the other way, lay it off to Sean, who's got, you know, an, practically a... Five yards of space, yeah. like, no matter just, where Just, went, just yeah. smash it in. So I don't know if any of you want to opine on any of those players or any others I've missed, but I thought, I thought those four players tonight would, would, were crucial to the win. Yeah, 100%. I think, I mean, obviously we, we talked about this on the instant reaction. I think those were the four I picked out as well. So uh, get your own. <laughs> Stop plagiarising. <laughs> Do your own homework. But um, now, nah, I, I mean, I, I thought, yeah, they were all unbelievable. I mean, the, <clears throat> I mean, obviously Joe, Joe Linton for his little little cameo in that second goal that I've already said I absolutely loved. As you say, like, he just, he took the team on his shoulders in, in that, uh, after that kind of period when Bruno went off and um, he just, he, he just kind of, just, just went at Southampton and, and was kind of rinsing people for fun, um, and, and winning massive free kicks. And it, it was a really important kind of point, uh, part of the game when they're obviously trying to push, trying to speed up the game and stuff, winning those little fouls, slowing the game down. It's just perfect game management, and that is what all of these lads do. And I think that comes back into the trippy thing as well. I mean, all along, all throughout that period, he's kind of talking to the lads kind of making sure everyone like understands what the roles are. Um, and you, you, you've just got to say, I mean, obviously it kind of all falls back to, to Eddie Howe, the fact that they've got like everybody kind of regimented in other positions. The fact that 
Um, obviously, they made the court bring Murphy off and, and bring Anderson on. And ultimately, even down to 10 men, we were still dealing with everything that was kind of thrown at with. Um, and yeah, it was just just a complete performance from a lot of players. And we're, that, that's the thing. I mean, we've, we've won tonight 2-1. It's an, another really, really good performance. And we're, we're just, we're, other than that freak goal tonight, we just don't look like conceding at any point. And um, I think the man that epitomised that tonight was Shaw was just there every time. There was a, like an inkling of maybe a bit of danger. Maybe um, Botman probably had one of his. We- I don't think he was bad, but he, he wasn't his kind of domineering. Mm. Um, it wasn't the most domineering performance from him that we that we have seen in other games. But if there was any kind of mistake from either him or or Burn or or even Trip, yeah, or whoever it was, Shaw was always the man there to kind of just clean it up. And uh, yeah, that that kind of partnership of that back five is incredible. I also want to call out, um, so as not to plagiarize Ben, um, Isak, like the difference in our sort of front line when he came on, it, he's just, he is a very different kind of player to Callum Wilson, but I did feel that Callum Wilson sort of had, was, wasn't his best game, wasn't his worst, wasn't his best. And Isak coming on, I just think he's just, the way that he, um, the way that he can just collect the ball, stretch the game right down on the pitch, like, He's he's so long limbed. He's so fast. Um, he seems to work well with Sam Max. Obviously, they didn't create make anything out of it today. But I just I really enjoyed watching him. I was so hoping we would get more time from him today. Um, you know, ultimately it di- it didn't matter. But I am really encouraged every time I see him come on the pitch. I'm, I just think that there's something very exciting building there. What happened to him? Because it felt like he just got in the way of a ball and oh, he yeah. got whacked in the head <laughs> and he was basically like. Concussed was it not the, the free kick, which was part of the free kick? Yeah. He was lying down to one of our lads has probably kicked him in the head. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Welcome so to t- the club. Well, he took one, <laughs> took one in the face for the for the lads, yeah. Uh, also, Jacob Murphy c- coming on, then going off again for, for Anderson. Yeah. What was that about? That was about time wasting, I believe. I think we were just like <laughs> running the clock down. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. But like, yeah, no, we Jacob can't... Murphy was genuinely like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny to watch. Yeah, and then, totally. Uh, Anderson coming on, he didn't touch the ball. He just <laughs> ran around a bit. It's just, it's just shit housing right at the end. Love it. Yeah. That, I'm pleased you, you said that though about Isak. Is, you know, he's come in, he's £65 million pound player. He could have said, lie down on the floor and stop the ball. No. But I, he's, I, I've he's, got to question that though. Why isn't it Murphy? Like, Isak's, Put lo- Murphy he's, on the ground. Isak's longer, isn't he? Aye, but like... Be- you, <laughs> you don't want people stepping on Isak. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've learned we'll learn a lesson from that one. Get Murphy on the floor because it doesn't matter if he gets stepped on. <laughs> so harsh. I'm not. I'm not saying I want him to get stepped on. I'm just saying, out of the eleven lads on the pitch, if yeah, someone's like got to be stepped on, if you do like an insurance risk assessment, it's yeah. like you know, you know, pound per, for pound, literally yeah. in terms of weight, you know, there's, there's yeah. more at risk. But it's not long enough. <laughs> he's quite small isn't he Isaac's got more length on him yeah he does yeah Ooh. lanky yes that's what I mean okay Charlotte tell me about Wembley let's just finish this podcast about Wembley Wembley Stadium I can't believe we're going there the first time in I don't know when was it when was the last there 2000 so 23 years or the first final in 24 Fine, years 24 yeah wow how does it feel it's just I can't I, I don't think because we are recording this straight after the match yeah I don't think it's sunk in for me yet I mean, I cried at the end of the game, but that was more like this release of all the tension of all the like the years of this, you know, just being shit and or like just average and like, oh, I'm I'm liking again a lot. You guys, I'm really sorry. Um, but 
yeah, it just feels incredible. I can't wait to see Trafalgar Square with full of black and white. I can't wait to see Covent Garden taken over by thousands of pissed, happy Geordies. Or not pissed, you know, just happy Geordies, whatever, whatever you're into. There's no judgment here. I just think it's going to be so special. It already feels so special. And it means so much to this group of people. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I don't know what I don't know what more to say about it than that. It is going to be special. This is this is the great thing about where this football club is at this moment in time. Everyone's just absolutely fucking buzzing to, to even have the opportunity. Whether you're going to Wembley, whether you're not, whether you're going to, to Wembley without a ticket or London without a ticket, or whether you've got a ticket, or whether you're gonna watch it at home or in the pub or wherever with friends and family. Everyone has now got that weekend in their sights. If you're Man City or you're Arsenal or you're even Man United, I imagine, it's just not that big of a deal. It's a massive deal for this football club and this support. And like you said correctly, Charlotte, we've put up with so much shit over the years. We deserve this as a support and a fan base. Yes, other teams are bad. Other teams have bad owners. Few have had supports that have stuck with them in those bad times uh, as well as this support has done. And whether that was attending games or, or however... You know, everyone has their own story about Newcastle United in in their lives, particularly in the kind of last five years or so when it got really, really bad. So I'm absolutely buzzing. Congratulations to the team. Congratulations to everybody listening. Uh, you know, I assume you're Newcastle fans. It'd be weird if you weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was a great night tonight. Sunderland Football Club are probably listening. So <laughs> hello, hello, Sunderland. <laughs> God, that's a gag for listeners from 2015. Ben. I don't know how many of them are left, but never mind. Um, Thanks to you guys for, for, for recording this podcast straight after the game. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. You know the drill. We're on Patreon. Come and join us. We're going to have the best content. We're going to try and produce the best content we can, as we always do, in the build-up to Wembley. It's going to be an amazing time. Come and join us on Patreon. It keeps this show free as well. Fucking get in. What a night. How are the lads? Speak to you next time. Ta-da.